Hey everybody, welcome to Speaking of Schmodown, a sports talk show devoted to the movie trivia Schmodown. Uh, and God, we got a hell of a week to talk about, and then a hell of a last night to talk about those pay-per-view matches. And uh, we got first-time guest co-hosts here. We've got Chris Lopez from uh, Spin the Reel. How you doing? Yo, what's going on, brother? Uh, thank you so much for inviting me on the program. Really appreciate it. I was so so flattered when y'all asked me to come on. And, I mean, what a week to come on, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and uh, Frenchie, uh, Frenchie, again, not able to join us this week. He, he'll be back soon, though. But uh, filling in for him this week, we've got ASG from the one and only Let's Get Ready Network. Uh, thank you to Let's Get Ready Network for loaning us ASG to help us out. Uh, as as show producer behind the scenes here helping us out a lot. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, that that was a crazy uh, match last night and overall week. It's been a good week. Can't wait to talk about. It. Same here. And uh, as usual, guys, I've got my numbers guy, my stats man, uh, Double D. There is a reason I introduced you last this week, and that is because for the last two weeks you've kicked my ass in the fantasy league, the Schmodown fantasy league. So uh, yeah, that's what that's what happens. Now we go up against each other again next week. So uh, I don't know. Maybe you won't get an introduction at all. We'll have to see what happens. Or I may introduce you first again. But how you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. And uh, make sure you send that uh, Star Wars belt to me. Uh, make sure it doesn't get uh, damaged in the process. Oh man. That was a rough one. And uh, we are going to talk about the big pay-per-view match last night. We're also going to talk about some of the uh, the the matches coming up in April that Grace talked about. Uh, we've also got Baby Heel Hannah is coming on the show. Brandon Hannah will be on. I've been wanting to talk to him for a very long time. Should be interesting. Uh, we also, Of course, also, we got Sexy Numbers. Frenchie's Corner with uh, ASG filling in for Frenchie there. Hard Questions is back this week, again, with ASG filling in for that. Um, and real quick, before we get uh, get going into the show, do you want to say for the stereo listeners, feel free to leave those comments. We will play them on the show as they come in during the first and the last segments. We'll play them as they come in. Um, we will not take uh, your comments for uh, for Brandon Hanna uh, or for the for the other segments, but the opening closing segments, please flood us with comments. Um, also you could, if you could subscribe to this channel on the YouTube, that would help us out. Uh, I, I'm pleased that we have our 50, I think it's, I think we're up to 55 now. Uh, very happy with that. Thank you all very much, but we can, we can get it up there. Uh, and also on the Twitter at the Jcast network, which is also on stereo. And, uh, and then, uh, we have a Facebook page too, if you could give that a like, okay. All that BS out of the way, ASG, I'm sorry, but right now we're going to kick you out. And, uh, the, the, the rest of us, uh, fellas here are going to talk about some, uh, uh, well, some matches that went down this week. Holy shit. And I can't wait to talk to Brandon. <laughs> Let's just start with this one. Um, Brandon Hannah match. I, I was rooting against him so bad. Like, I just, I mean, I, I had no, I, I didn't really care, you know, one way or the other who won or lost, to be honest. It was no hair off my back. But I just, I love to hate uh, Brandon Hanna because he's so damn good at, good at his character work. Um, but the match alone was amazing. Um, what did you guys think? We'll, we'll start with, uh, with Chris up there. See, okay, so going into this, 
Um, I had no horse in this race either, with the exception of Eric Zipper being on my Schmodown fantasy team. Um, like I, I was like, you know what? Okay, like Zip, I'm rocking with Zip. And going into this, I thought to myself, like these are obviously two guys who know their inner geekdom, and like I love what Eric Zipper was doing last year. I was loving the, what he was bringing to the table. Like whether it was his single stuff, his team stuff, or, or especially inner geekdom. Like I think Eric Zipper is top tier. Like Shmona competitor, especially being three divisions or three division player. But Hannah, Hannah's been such a polarizing character in the Schmodown. Whether you like him or not, people are talking about him constantly. For better or for worse, whether his promos with, with his little filters rocking through him, or um his long-winded promos, which I'm no stranger to talking for talking for an ex or extended amount of time. But I always was so like just like, mm, like, what is the deal with Brandon Hannah? And his record doesn't reflect his play at all, like at all. And like he obviously is one of the best intergeekdom players statistically ever. He just hasn't gotten to that, to that top, to the like to, to the top of the mountain. But this match with Zipper this week, oh man! If if this didn't, I don't know what this said more about more about Zipper, more about Brandon. Hmm. Um. Well, uh, real quick, we do have one comment, then go go right to you, Dan. What's going on, guys? Man, after that Brandon Hanna versus Eric Zipper match, I was like, wow, that's a match of the year contender. I don't know who's going to top that. And then you got Demolanta versus Damon, which people are calling the greatest Schmodown match of all time. And I was trying to think of one that was better. I I couldn't come up with one off the top of my head, so... What do you guys think? Do you think that was the greatest Schmodown match we've ever seen? Uh, I do, yes. But, uh, but Dan, yeah. uh, what do you think about that? And uh, go ahead and throw in your two cents on the Hannah match as well. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's very hard to tell because we've seen so many great matches. Uh, but I've never felt as much tense since uh, the Shire Wolves versus the uh, Who's the Boss match when they defend the belts, team's belts. I was like holding my pillow and I was just crushing it at my mom's place uh, when that match played. And I was pretty much the same way uh, uh, last night. So I will say that it is probably the best Star Wars match uh, that's ever been played. Kind of knocks out the uh, Sam Witwer and uh, Ken Apsok match by far. Uh, but I-, I have to really think about whether or not it's the greatest of all time. And we're only at the beginning of the season. So maybe there's something that comes in that knocks that out. So we have to wait till the end of the season before we can start branding uh, best uh, in those. Well, well, doesn't all time technically end at our present point in time? Because if you got to wait till the end of the season to say all time, then you could be like, well, that's just the end of the season. It's not all time. So we got to wait till the next season and so on and so on. Mm. So doesn't all time mean like our current present time? I would say it's semantics at this point, but because we're still kind of in shock of the perfect game. But I will say, I don't think that this has ever happened where both competitors played a perfect game with no multiple choice, no steals, no missed questions. I, I don't think it's ever happened. So this definitely is a contender for a greatest match of all time, a period. I, definitely, I will say that. And as for uh, Brendan Hanna and Zipper match, I, I got to say, you know, I, I want that I think it was a mistake uh, for Brendan Hanna to give uh, 
opponent's choice, uh, DC uh, to Eric for opponent's choice because he came out with, uh, uh, as he was part of the world's finest, which is a nod to Superman and Batman, which is off which are DC properties. And he was uh, almost perfect. I mean, yeah, he got eight points. So it, I, it was, I feel like it was more on Eric Zipper that he actually did better, but obviously he fumbled at his two. He fumbled, uh, Eric Zipper fumbled at his three and his five, and Brenda just fumbled at his two, and Brenda, they both end up tying, and they just went to sudden death. So I guess it, this shows more of Eric Zipper being a better competitor than he was before. So I, I'm not ruling Eric Zipper out anymore because he's definitely uh, a strong contender if he can match uh, Brendan Hannah like that. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you have anything else to wrap up on the uh, this on the on these two specific topics, the hand to match and uh, best match of all time? So, like, since we're talking that Star Wars match uh, momentarily, to me, the my favorite match ever was Knapsack Whitworth, the Iron Man mm-hmm. Star Wars match from a few years ago. And I love that match so much, like the emotion, the characters, the the questions, and like I love everything. The, the the ending of it with Whitworth getting in that last answer before uh, Christian's like, "Hey, you're a winner." I will never forget watching that match. I rewatched that match probably the most out of any match. And then last night happened. Last night, that was the best match I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know what else you want out of a match. Combined, both competitors hit 101 points. The characters were like the uh, the performances were there. They both went perfect, except Damon missing that last question that cost him the game in sudden death. Like the the story was there. Demolanta climbing back from losing the Star Wars tournament last year, getting back into this, and oh my god, that challenge, the best challenge ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and it all came down to like the game because obviously they both knew the question. Damon knew what the answer was. It just didn't. He just didn't get it in time. Yep. So I I thought that this was the best Shmodan match ever, and I know it's going to be a hot uh, conversation over the next week because there are great singles matches, there are great teams matches. Dan, you mentioned one of them. That Shia Wolves who's the boss match is incredible. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when I think Shmodan, if I want to show someone a match, this might be it, whether they know Star Wars or not. Because it's so impressive just hearing the answers, that, the, 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 the questions and the answers that they were giving. As someone who's not the biggest Star Wars guy, I'm more of a little bit of a casual fan of Star Wars. But damn, I was impressed nonetheless. And all these words are going over my head. So yeah. I thought that was the best Star Wars match. And in regards to the Zipper-Hannah match, like as I mentioned, who's to say more about? Like Zipper missing his three and his five um, at the end of the match? And then having to go into sudden death, only getting his two, or Brandon not only giving Zipper those DC questions, which gave Zipper that that lead going into round three, but Hannah also clutching it out, sticking it out through round three, and getting it in sudden death. So both of these guys, they will be pr- presence. They have a presence in inner kingdom going forward. But Hannah and Zipper, they both gain something in this match, for better or for worse. And I think. Zipper has an even bigger chip on his shoulder now in order to keep them going forward. Um, yeah, well said. Uh, I got two quick points to make uh, real quick before we move on to the next match, uh, which was uh, uh, Gillerand. Is that Gillerand? Did I pronounce it correctly? Gillerand, yeah. Versus Gold Leader. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm, 
I, I get names after I get them, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, but uh, the, as far as the promos, Hannah's promos, for me, the best part of his promos have, have become Sabrina in the background. Um, because what I take, it, it may just be me, but my interpretation is he's, and this is one of the reasons I call him baby heel Hannah, because in, that started because he tries to be a heel so bad, but he right. just can't quite do it. Um, and that's that's exactly what these promos are to me. They're him trying to be a heel, and then she comes in, and, and then he does, and then he switches to to like boyfriend mode, and he's like, "How was that?" She's just like coaching him, like it's okay. I mean, you got some work to do. It's just I love it. She's become the best part of of those promos. And uh, uh, real real quick, just a yes or no, uh, Chris, do you think that Zipper is playing Winston with this whole nice guy thing? Uh, I want to say no, because I, I because I, I want them to reunite at some point this season. But how his other faction mates are going, I, I think he might. So yes. And Dan, what do you think, Double D? I'm saying no. I, I think uh, uh, Winston and Eric really want to be back together. I think that, and that's just what I think. I think that they just really want to be back together because they seem like they're having fun. That's how I, I, I hope you're right, Dan. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, I'm with Chris. I think it's uh, – I think – in fact, I think Zipper may have been the one who planted the seed in Chandra's mind, and I think Zipper is the one who is the, who is the master behind it and has gotten Chandra mm-hmm. to play the figurehead and start recruiting the rest. Uh, real quick, we got a comment here from Stereo. Oh, didn't mean to – Oh, Dagan, I just did that. I played it and stopped it, buddy. Sorry. Oh, sorry Dagan. Say it again, and I'll be more than happy to uh, to put it up there. But, uh, yes, uh, the next match that dropped that week was uh, Gilleran versus Gold Leader. Um, I, I wasn't very surprised by this outcome just because of the hype. Uh, I am one of those, I tend to fall for the hype that, that is built up around people, whether it's good or bad. Uh, and I fell for the hype. Just so happens that Gold Leader won, uh, so so uh, the hype was right this time. Uh, but what did you guys take away from this match? I Gold Leader uh, Gilran did good; she did real good. Uh, but Gold Leader just looked spot on, man. Uh, he's he's going to be a force too here. No pun. Yeah, I think I definitely made a mistake in uh, my tra- in my uh, pick for uh, or because I had Lacey in my fantasy league, but um, she definitely had a good showing. But I think she could improve a lot especially uh in round two uh definitely need to get i think i got her three pointer if i'm not mistaken uh but yeah i think gold leader definitely impressed me i thought wow this this guy knows what he's doing and uh yeah and he got again another opponent's choice so he uh sailed through that with no problems you have to go, go through an asteroid field or anything so yeah i think Gold Leader's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and that, I mean, that, what more do I need to say? I think he's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get to you, Chris, uh, Dagan did send that message back in. Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, stereo changed the way you play messages. And it's weird. Hey, no worries, Jay. It happens. Anyway, my thought that I actually posed this to Laura Kelly last night when she was on the Gucci verse. 
is that it seems like the only way to win a Star Wars title match is to go perfect, not get a single question wrong. And uh, she seemed to agree with me. Do you guys think that that's where we're at now, where the only way to really win that title is to have a perfect game? Yes, Dagan, I really do, which which the questions are are already mad hard. You know what I mean? They're so difficult. So it's like the only remedy for this is to make the questions even more difficult. But how the hell do you do that? Uh, maybe hire the Star Wars uh, competitors, make them, not make them, but ask them if they'd like to retire and become uh, become writers uh, for Star Wars division. I don't know. Uh, Double D looks like you've got a, you've got an idea for this one. Well, here's the thing. Alex Damon has been champion for all this time, so you had to go perfect in order just to beat him. And we saw that with uh, Andrew Demolanta. So if Alex doesn't win his rematch, there might be some room for error now because we've, we've been accustomed to Alex Damon being perfect every single time, and that's what needs to be done. But now that he's no longer champion, and if he stays that way, then maybe I think we can open up the doors to maybe having a large margin for error rather than being perfect every single time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Chris, uh, on on uh, on all this? The the second match and uh, what Dagan had said. So, okay, like like Dan, I had Lacey on my fantasy team. So, and this week I had uh, I had a few folks on my fantasy team, and the match, at least on Spin from the Real that we covered first, was Jader and and Janine, and I picked against Janine, who's on my team. And I'm like, you know what? I gotta rock with my team this time for Star Wars. I love Evan Bushkar. I love Gold Leader so much. Like, I think he's something that Star Wars lacks, and that's an over-the-top character. Like, I, I think, like, he's 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 out there. He gets it. Like, he, he gets the character part, and I think the Star Wars division lacks that. Um, not, not saying they don't have any, but I just think they lack it. And I, I think Evan brings that energy, and his performance in this, definitely, for your first time around, it's pretty damn good. Not saying Lacey did bad because she did not. Lacey's still impressed, but Evan was definitely the talking point of this, not only for the exchange, getting the points for the exchange, and on top of that, mastering the character and knowing your stuff. And to answer Dagan's question, as of right now, yes, unfortunately, you have to go perfect in Star Wars to win some type of belt. And that's just that's the status of the league right now. The second Damon's gone, if he ever leaves, Demolanta or like um, Kelly, who are these top tier Star Wars players that are known for getting all their questions right or getting damn close? Like Evan in this match, he he missed one question. So I am, I I hate to say it, but yeah, you have to go perfect nowadays. Inner geekdom, not so much. Singles depends on who you're playing, but like going down to even one point, uh, multiple choice in the second round can prove to be detrimental in matches like this. So you have to know your stuff in Star Wars. It's the most competitive league and most competitive division in the sh- in the Schmodown. That's why I doubled down on my point of saying that last night's match was the best match ever because of the competitiveness, because of how hard the questions are. And although, yes, you have to go perfect, they did it two times over in one match. Yeah, it was great. Um and uh, we, we're actually going to move on to our next segment here real quick. Uh, uh, but we will talk about the Janine versus Paramo match at the, at the back half of the show uh, a little bit. Um, right now, though, guys, everybody. I'm going to talk dirty to you for a second. Math. We've got double D sexy numbers. Dan, what do you have for us this week? 
All right, uh, Chris, I want to ask you a question. Uh, sure. So let's say you're a manager in the Schmodown and you're picking your uh, draft picks for your division or your faction. Uh, what's something that you look at for to pick your competitors with? When I look at, if I'm a manager and I'm looking to draft somebody, um, not only am I looking at uh, their character and what they can bring to my faction and how I can work well with them, but I mean, I <laughs> you can't not look at their gameplay at the same time. And when it boi- when you boiled it down, um, how have they done before? And how are they doing right before? Like, so how were they doing to end last season? So if I'm putting myself in this in this case, it's like not to say um, all the points they've gathered, but um, almost like their average, like like to float to float around that. The competitors' average, very good. That's very good. Uh, that's a good useful number. But the thing is, uh, competitors can score higher than their average. They can score lower than their average. When a more a better uh, tool to use or better uh, thing to use is say a range that they can score in from the history. Wouldn't that be useful? Yeah, totally. Oh, well, I have something good for you. So let's pull up <laughs> this graphic right here. So a, a 90, the confidence, uh, um, confidence intervals is exactly that. It takes all the history's players from what they have done in the past. And uh, based on statistics, uh, you see a range of uh, the most likely possibility of a competitor could score in that match. Now, it also depends on how uh, mu- how often they've competed because the short, the longer the the ranges means that they don't compete that as much. The smaller the ranges, the better because that means that they've been in this division long, they've played more matches, and you're more confident with their numbers. So this is all the uh, competitors from next week. Uh, so Video Drew is going to be going up against uh, Elliot Dewberry. Her range is between 38 points and zero points. Uh, and Elliot Dewberry's uh, range is 22.5 points and zero points. Now, yes, uh, Elliot Dewberry's is smaller. And his average is smaller than uh, Video Drew's because Video Drew's average is 14 points. Elliot Dewberry's is around 10 points. But with the fact that he's with Corruption and he seems like he's getting better now that he's done Makuga, sorry to say, uh, he seems like he's getting better, that might actually increase. So I'm thinking Elliot Dewberry has the better confidence that you're going to get him somewhere between 0 and 20 points, whereas Video Drew, she's somewhere, it's a much bigger range. Uh, the next match is between Paul Preston and James White. Uh, Paul Preston has been in this league for several uh, years now. He's played some matches. James White's only played two twice. So his uh, James White's range is between 40 and 0 points with an average of 18.5. And Paul Preston's uh, range is between 23 points and 10 points with an average of 17 points. So even though they have close averages, I'm saying that Paul Preston has more confidence going into his match than James White because he's played more, and therefore I think he's going to be better. He's going to most likely to win. Uh, but let's go on to the next match, so the next few matches, which is the live event on Friday. Uh, you have Liz Shannon Miller going against John Roca. These two players have been going, uh, have been here for a while. They've played a lot of matches. Uh, uh, Lucian Miller's average is 17 points 
where her range is somewhere between 21, about 21 points and 12 points, which is pretty small, which is, so that's pretty good. But John Rocha's uh, range is between 19 and 15 points. That's only a four-point swing, and his average is at 17. So that means that they're, they're going to be close. It's going to be a tight match. But I want to say, and yes, I, I, I'm a little biased here because Liz Shannon Miller is on my fantasy draft the league. Uh, I think Liz is going to pull out the win most likely, but don't count out John Roca. I think he might actually be a little bit better. Uh, now let's go on to the final match, the last battlefield match of the night. Uh, it's with Mark Riley versus Ben Bateman. Uh, Mark Riley's average is somewhere between as 15 points, and his range is somewhere between about 19 to 12 points. And Ben Bateman is somewhere between his range is somewhere between 12 points, it's 21 points and 16 points, with an average of about 19 points. So what does that mean? It means that Ben Bateman is slightly better, and he has a bet the best chance to beat Mark Riley. Uh, and even though it's very, it's possible that Mark Riley does win, but he's going to have a lot harder time against Ben because his range is a, a confidence uh, range is so much more tighter and higher than Mark Riley's. Uh, so we can take this uh, little uh, graphic. So what are your uh, thoughts on this? First of all, uh, like hell yeah, dude, that was awesome. Like <laughs> that, I that's that's a way I've never looked at the Shimona before. Plus, uh, I mean, confidence plays a big part, and like that's like that, that may tie into the character, but also your performance as well. So, looking at the matches, at least at the competitors that we know of, because I know we have a rookie match this upcoming yeah. week as well. Um, obviously, don't we don't know, know how, yeah, we don't know how they're gonna do. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but oh my god, uh, seeing the disparities between, um, uh, video drew Ellie Dubarry and James White and Paul Preston were surreal for a second until I remembered that White hasn't yeah. played too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the point is that uh, if you haven't played that much, then you have a much wider range because, hey, maybe right. you can score higher, uh, maybe you can score lower, and we just don't have enough evidence to suggest that, hey, he might actually be this good. But with Paul Preston, we have more evidence to suggest that this right. is where he's going to score more points with. So he's he's got a lot more confidence going to win this match more than Ellie Dubarry because he's or, um, James White I mean because he hasn't played that much we haven't seen a lot of him so he has more to prove than Paul Preston. Totally, and seeing the ones that intrigue me that intrigue the hell out of me are the ones for the uh, pay per view this this upcoming Friday. Battlefield? Yeah. yeah, at Battlefield between um, LSM and Roca, and this makes me question. Um, Dan, do we have the same fantasy team? Because I also have LSM on my team. Uh, and same thing for Bateman and Riley. I have Bateman. Uh, but those oh. those two matches are – they can be really tight. And judging by those scores or, or by your numbers, like they, those ranges are really tight, and they're awfully close to one another. There's no big disparity between the two. True. And, and uh, I mean, I think the match will be closer personally between LSM and Roca. And – I I don't know if we can pull the picture back up. Oh yeah, but pull the picture back up. Yeah, but I look at LSM and Roca. Oh my God, it's point zero one points between one another, and their yeah. averages are 
Like, although Roka's average is a little bit tighter, I'm assuming it's because he's played so many matches. Exactly. Uh, his, um, I think there's 14 matches with Roka, and uh, I don't know how many numbers. With, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have the numbers right here. But yeah, but still, think, yeah. But like Roka still played a ton more matches, and like compared to Riley and Bateman, like they have like a three-ish point swing between one another when you boil it down um, to what like the averages, the average would be. Uh, between their lowest and their highs, the high ranges. But, yo, that LSM Roka match on paper and from what you just showed to us should be the match of the week next week. If we ha- if we had to distinguish one, exactly. But I uh, I would say that I think the better the stronger competitor would be Liz Shannon Miller because I've been a little bit more impressed by her than John, unfortunately. Even though I am a no, fan yeah. of this, I, I it's like, but hey, maybe he'll surprise us. We'll never know. We'll see. We'll yeah. And I, I mean, I have LSM too, but you can't sleep on Roka, especially yeah. a Roka who has something to prove. When he has a chip on his shoulder, he's awfully dangerous. We saw what he's capable of, like against Ethan, and like th- he took Ethan a sudden death, like, and Ethan inevitably ended up losing to Dan. But still, and if Roka didn't run into the wall that was Adam Collins last year, who knows what he would have been able to do in the tournament? Right. So Roka has something to prove, but I have LSM ever so slightly, a- as does your chart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, I was, I actually understood that one, Dan, for real. Like I'm wow! sitting, yes! I'm sitting I'm looking yes! at it. I understood I everything. No, three times, three times. I won three times this week. Right, That's on. awesome. Yeah, but I've got Roka on my fantasy team. So you're going down next week. Buddy. <laughs> you're two and for, you're two and all for me. No, you're oh and two. You're oh and two. Yeah. For well, me. Like, we are going to get into Frenchie's corner, but really quick on this note, um, truth be told, a peek behind the curtain, the only reason I drafted Roka was because before the draft, someone else in, in my same league uh, had told me that they wanted they really wanted to draft Roka, so I drafted him before they could. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, how I, that's how I roll. Um, so, uh, uh, that being said, uh, thank you, Double D. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we are now going to drop these fellas off screen and move to Frenchie's Corner. And we're going to bring ASG back up here with me uh, where he has a question. And uh, and uh, actually, uh, Frenchie from uh, behind the scenes sitting up there in Canada, uh, he sent a question as well this week. Uh, what do we got on Frenchie's Corner? ASG. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll start with Frenchie's corner, which is can the usual suspects uh, keep up their momentum? They're three and zero, I believe. But um, I, unfortunately, I think the answer to this one is uh, no. Uh, they've won their first few matches backed behind uh, their uh, stellar rookies, but coming up, uh, it's uh, more hard water for, for them. Uh, you know, they got Lishan Viller versus. Roka, which you know you just spoke of, and you have Roka in that one, and I think it'll be a very close match. But either way, uh, the uh, if you look at their April schedule, um, they got Paige for Freddy versus Peggy Gibbons. I give Peggy the edge on that one, and uh, they have Drew McQueenie versus Lon Harris, and that's it for April, with the exception of free for all. So I just well, Stacy Howard. Oh, sorry, Stacey Howard versus uh, Kevin Smith. All over Kevin Smith. No offense. Oh, to Kevin I com- I completely disagree. Kevin I think yeah. huge Kevin Smith fan, but this is sports. This ain't got nothing to do with being a fanboy. Uh, 
dude, Stacy Howard's gonna she's gonna come away with that victory. Okay, I I disagree on that one. I think Kevin Smith uh, has shown he's got a lot of talent in this league, and uh, he got a perfect game the last time he played. Yep. Regardless of opponent, he still got all his questions correct. And uh, yeah, I think Stacy has been kind of you know uh, you know she's known for pulling those answers out of uh, out of thin air because you know uh, that's kind of her reputation. So uh, yeah, I think I. But yeah, I I uh, I uh, lean Kevin Smith on that one. But yeah, I don't think uh, the suspects can keep it up, and uh, Ooh, especially I, as we continue down for you know um, Jacob Woodenheben for uh, IG, and you know we'll see who they put uh, Nikki Demolanta against for Star Wars. I just think it's a rough road ahead for the suspects. Nah, I, I I disagree. ASG. Um, first of all, I compl- Page. I've got Page winning her match. Um, Liz Shannon Miller, I hate to say it, but I, 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 I think she'll, she'll put up a good fight, but I've got Roka pulling away at that one. McWeeny, excuse me, uh, McWeeny, I've got him winning that one. I've got Howard winning that one. Uh, and that right there in my, in my mind, uh, and adding, uh, Sam Levine's, uh, great sports and, and, uh, and knowledge of the game. And then you've got Rachel Cushing helping him out. I'm sure. Uh, I think just those those matches there coming up in the near future, I think that's enough to get them on to the next batch of matches. Uh, and, and so I think this, I think they will keep this momentum going. Uh, yes, for sure. And then when the next batch comes around, it depends on who they're up against. But I, I, I do, man, I do. I have faith in them this year. Nothing against them last year, but uh, Sam. I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. This is not. This is a critique. It's it's a game. It's a sport. He's yeah. a manager. Sam was a no show a lot of last season, uh, and and that it's understandable. He's a busy guy. Schmodown is not his primary job, uh, but he seems more invested and more focused this season. And 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 I can already tell a huge difference uh, in in Sam Levine's attitude and in the way his mind is working from last season to this season. Okay. Well, I think uh, that. Peggy versus Page match will kind of set the tone, and we'll see uh, where it goes from there. Yes, we will. Okay, so uh, continuing on to the next topic is uh, my uh, – I came up with a new idea for uh, tournaments, uh, especially the large tournaments at the end of the year, um, because, you know, I think that uh, speaking of the suspects or even the stars, there are um, – certain factions that are stronger in certain divisions than others. Uh, the, uh, sorry, the suspects signed three singles players, whereas a faction like the stars, you know, signed, signed, uh, Alex Damon, who was both star Wars and IG. And then they drafted Hannah and that makes it. So it's hard for any other IG players on their faction to be able to be in these big tournaments. So my idea, you know, when I was uh, seeing on uh, the actual or other sports uh, was watching March Madness. So I had an idea to reverse March Madness, the tournaments. So what you can do is you can, for a 16 player tournament, have a top eight seed be the top eight ranked players in the tournament, regardless of how many, Player, players are on their faction and then the other eight 
can be one per faction, so you still have faction representation. And this way, you can have three plus people on I, in IG for the factions that have great IG players, and then only one in factions that don't have as many IG players, and I think that'll make a better tournament. I, I, I fucking hate March Madness, dude. As a kid, <laughs> every March came around in the stupid... First of all, oh my gosh. First of all, basketball is boring as hell. I can stomach the games if I'm there in person. I'm not watching that shit on TV, okay? There's no way in hell. So, first of all, that's that's a bad start for you right there, using basketball. I, I mean, dude, if you want to win my heart, baseball, baby. Come at me with some baseball analogies. Would but college dude, football have been better? I remember as a kid, all I wanted to do was watch, you know, hey, mom, you know, when's the new episode of Home Improvement come on? Well, I'm sorry, son. March Madness is on. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm mad every March because I want to watch TV. I'm like fucking 12 years old, and, and, and it ruined my life. I get up into high school. I'm 42 years old, and that shit still ruins my life. It fuck, I hate it, dude. I can't stand it. I try to listen to my AM talk radio. There is no talk radio. Why? Because there's college basketball teams from teams in fucking Carolina, and I live in Ohio. There are no Ohio teams in anything, but we play it. Why? Because it's March Madness, and everybody loves March Madness. Now, no, because I hate March Madness. Uh, dude, you came <laughs> with the entirely wrong sport, dude. No way in hell. I'm I'm not even going to try to think about what you said. I tuned out as soon as you said March Madness and all that. I, I, I'm like, I don't even care if it, it could be the greatest thing in the entire world. It could be like, 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 like fucking chocolate ice cream with chocolate syrup on top of that with, with chocolate chips on top. And it could be the bombest shit in the world, but you brought it, you brought it from the wrong angle, dude. Okay. Well, you know, and I just wanted to add that you could also do that for a singles tournament. So when you have the 32 person singles tournament, you take the top 16 and then this way for the usual suspects, they can have more singles players. Ooh. So it's not just giving one side advantage or another. It allows those that have depth in whatever division they have depth in to uh, be able to uh, be, imp- be use that depth. Singles. Oh, dude, you changed my mind. That was all you had to, if you would have said singles first, <laughs> no, sorry, dude. ASG, I am not with you on this one, dude. Sorry about that. Fair enough. So yeah. uh, do we want uh, Dan and Chris's yeah. take? Let's let's get uh, Dan and uh, and Chris's take on this. Uh, yeah, let's bring those guys back on. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> so I feel J-Way's pay, not because of March Madness, and people are going to hate me for this, but I hate football because as a kid, I would love to watch the Fox lineup of like uh, like uh, Malcolm in the Middle, Simpsons, and all of that. And what got in its place? Football. I'm like, and now I have to wait five hours for a football game to be over with so I can actually watch those stuff that I really want to watch. So I feel J Wade pain. Uh, having said that, I don't agree with uh, um, ASG because it's if you try to do all the top tiered people, yet it would be very mixed, and you would have more people probably from 
uh, other factions. If like, one faction would probably overcrowd the tournament. So it, I just don't like how that is. I think the way that I, I think the tournaments look fine the way it is, uh, and that's my take on it. And real quick, uh, with the usual suspects tending to take this momentum, at some point they're going to lose. I think that, and I'm looking at my numbers right here, pretty much they are, the usual suspects have the lowest score by the end of April. We'll get into this uh, at the first, uh, uh, April, uh, the weekend of April 1st. I think it will be April 3rd by then, but we'll get into that more. But I, no, I don't think they'll keep up with this momentum. I will say that uh, Sam Levine is a little bit stronger this season than he was last season. But, no, I think the dungeon is showing much improvement. I think the den is going to be a little bit better. Uh, stars maybe need a little work, but I think every single one is going to be a little bit more better than the usual suspects. What is your take, Carson? To tackle the first question about um, the suspects, um, I mean, can they? Totally, they can. Will they? That's the question. Because... I mean, you saw we have uh, like we talked about LSM this weekend. Um, I mean, I think she'll take it. So we got to like we should move on to April at that point. But April, we see a rookie on rookie matchup. You got Govins versus for Freddie. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. That's a toss up. And like I, my my mind is telling me to lean towards uh, Gubbins, but I I don't know. And even if the suspects take an L, okay. Like <laughs> look at the standings. The Mercs took. Their their what their second win of the year, um or the first their first win of the year yesterday. <laughs> so like second, yeah, they, the the Mercs are in fourth place, uh, tied with Swag and the usual suspects are in second. Yeah, so like there's like I think the momentum, even if they take an L, it's it's not going to be a bad thing. Now if they rack up a string of losses, that's the question mm-hmm. because like if you want to keep if you want to keep the momentum going, if you're the suspects. All you have to do is just perform well. That's all you have to do. Like, you can take a loss. Like, if, if Paige loses to Pecky Gubbins at the beginning of April, like, okay. Like, I'm, or at, excuse me, at the end of March. Okay, great. Like, as, as long as she plays good, if she plays well, I think she'll be all right. But in regards to that, <laughs> the, the tournament, right? <laughs> ASG, I love the idea. I, I, I think it adds some extra levels to the Schmodown. It it would be awesome to see those rankings actually used for something instead of just us um, looking at them. And that's how we determine like um, like the number one contenders and stuff and seeing how logistically matches would pan out. But outside of that for a tournament, like if we want to do 16 um, players or teams and that's how we rank them. Awesome. But the only thing is that I agree with what Jay said. I agree with what Dan just said. It could get awfully uh, faction heavy using the suspects as an example. If so say McGuinney's not champ, Erwin or uh Ethan's not champ, and LSM's not champ by that point, or number one contender, and they're in the tournament. Three of the top eight seeds go to one faction. Like it's like that is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I and I know we've done like uh two or like the bigger the tournament the more represent more representatives you're gonna have. But the idea of having a 16-team tournament and eight the top eight seeds being the, the top eight players, it can, I mean, realistically, it could be like four people from one faction, four people from another, and the other factions have to fight for the other eight spots. Um, as you're, you're on the right track, 
I like the idea, but how they do it now where they limit folks to tournaments, that's where A, your, your season play gets involved, how well you've been performing that whole season, and B, how much your manager has faith in you. Because it should it shouldn't have to be like oh you have to you have to like your faction gets like your faction gets two spots all right fight for the two spots then or your manager's gonna have you have you pick or she's gonna, or they're gonna pick those two spots that take over those those slots in the tournament instead of oh I got four of the top eight players go do it because that could also screw up further uh, opportunities for you guys if you enter into the tournament. That could screw you going forward. Say you all lose first round. Like that, that was, like how we saw last year with Bibiani and Meyer. They lost to Dan to start the year. We didn't see them again till when? Like the summer? Like, <laughs> like, like this, it's so it, it, it can be a little wonky and it can mess up potential opportunities going forward. How they do it now is fine, but I think you're on to some ASG, just with a little bit of tweaking. Hmm. Well, final word on this one. I fucking hate Mark, March Madness. Um, a lot of passion, a lot of passion going around. Oh, dude, it's it's from a it's from a childhood of like I said, dude. I want to watch Tool Time and March fucking Madness is on. <laughs> what the hell's going on, Mom? Uh, but right now, everybody, our guest. Uh, I I, I kind and here let's uh, we're gonna bring ASG. Why don't you come back on ASG? Um, our guest, uh, he really needs no introduction because no one really cares, to be honest. Um, uh, that No one likes those little rat dogs, like, uh, you know, like little, little, uh, like handheld dogs. My friends have one. Every time I go over there, it, like, yaps at my heels, and I'm like, Brandon, get out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the dog's name is Jack. Uh, but no one likes those little dogs anyway. But, uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of heels, he tries hard to be one. Uh Brandon, baby heel Hannah, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, how are you, Brandon? Hi, I'm doing great. You know, uh, happy to be on your show. Happy to be the biggest guest that you've had yet so far. This is really exciting for you. I can't imagine how happy you are. I know you're my biggest fan. You talk about me all the time. And I'm just really happy to do this for you. Abby Friel was a bigger guest on this show than you, but right on. Um, uh, <laughs> Free to disagree. Uh, Sabrina has never been on the show, but she, I would assume, is in the same uh, building as you right now. She would be the biggest guest this show has ever had over you. I can't argue uh, with that one. You got uh, me there. I, I'm glad you was Smart guy. Smart guy. <laughs> I've been I've been asking you to be on a couple different shows for about a year now, and you always shoot me down. You got better stuff to do. Uh, I, I'm glad that you that you finally got a time in doing nothing um, uh, to stop by here. But I, I just want to say um, I have nothing against you at all other than the first time I saw you, uh, I, I just thought you were Ben Bateman's little brother tagging along to the matches. Um, it took me a really long time to realize that you were going to play. Um, and, that, you know, you can answer some questions right. So uh, good job on that, I guess. Um I, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to go in too heavy on you. This is really hard. I'm, I'm divided here, Brandon. Uh, I'm divided because I, I want to be professional, and I love this show. I love this sport, um, and, and you are a good competitor. I mean, I can't deny that. You are a very good competitor, but uh, I'm just having a hard time not picking on you. So let me actually pass it on to our uh, our uh, fill-in uh, fill uh, co-host here, guest co-host Chris. Uh, why don't you get us going? Because I'm afraid I'm about to put my foot in my mouth. 
<laughs> See, no, nah, no, nah, I, I, I got you, Jay. So first of all, Brandon, it's a pleasure to meet you, brother. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of your stuff. Um, definitely a fan. Uh, but I'm, I have to ask you first, um, like your, your approach on the game, like and how, and how you look at it. Like how Jay mentioned, we first were introduced to you as, um, were you? I don't want to say bag boy, um, case carrier. Is is that better? We'll, we'll say that. Um, but. I used to have a business agreement with Ben Bateman, you know, long time ago, galaxy far, far away. Yeah. And, and, oh, like, and yeah, we were aware and I I forget, I forget how that ended, but it ended. Uh, But I mean, you're definitely making a name for yourself. (laughs) So, (laughs) so how do you approach, um, like just from how you entered the league and how you've been looking at everything from the inside, because you're obviously there or you were there in Mm -hmm. studio when there was one and now we're doing the whole digital thing. How do you? How did you approach it then, compared to if you can tell us how you approach the game now digitally? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It's it is a little bit different. Um, in the studio, I kind of had a very particular routine, and there's also there's like I don't want to say if there's like games to be played, but you know, it's like if you get to the studio a little early, sometimes you're waiting around, you're pacing, you're getting nervous, you're working yourself up. But if you show up just before your match, sometimes you can feel like maybe that can give you a little bit of an edge because you're kind of in your own space prepping for the match all the way up until that point. And then, you know, you could have your competitor wondering, like, where is this guy? Is he going to show up? Uh, Those mind games do not work. I still got TKO'd. But, you know, it was worth a shot. But anyways, working from home, playing digitally, it is a bit of a different situations for starters i can play in my underwear now which is really great um but also i'm allowed to it gives me the opportunity to prep literally all the way up until the match starts and i think i've always been really good i don't know if you guys you know you guys are sports fans have you seen the movie for love of the game where kevin costner kind of has that clear the mechanism thing that he does where he drowns out the audience uh, and the crowd and the, everyone else on the field except for him and the catcher. I kind of feel like I'm pretty good at that as well. But being able to play from home, you can kind of... It makes it a lot easier to do that because it's really like, all right, like I have like little squares here. I see Mark Ellis here. I see Christian Harloff here. I see Saul over here. I'm not even looking at him. But, you know, it makes it a lot easier to kind of be in your own headspace so it it is different. Uh, I've noticed I'm a little more a little more myself. It's allowed me, I think, a little easier to kind of discover who I am as a competitor in the league. And I mean, especially for your your time with Inner Geekdom and Inner Geekdom, obviously, that's your bread and butter. Like we've seen you um, tackle other divisions, but I, I I'm pretty sure um, the flag you carry is with Inner Geekdom. And with this past match against Eric Zipper. Like you got your two guys who haven't necessarily reached the top yet, but have a ton of potential going there. And I think y- y'all's match, like in both cases, proved that. So we were talking about it earlier. I have to ask, um, why did you give him DC? <laughs> that is a fair question. That is a fair question. It's not as crazy as it looks. I know the guy loves to wear Superman t-shirts. I know he was on a team called World's Finest. I know he's best friends with Winston Marshall, who literally hosts the Inner Geekdom show. I'm aware of all these things. But mm-hmm. let's just say, without giving too much away, we we looked into 
the statistics, the analytics of everything, especially um, with Felix now of, of, of Schmoneyball fame, if you've seen his promo, that's all legit. Felix knows his stuff. He's a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy. We get along really well. And looking at the numbers, DC actually really stood out as a category that Zipper had not performed as well in in the past yeah. as he could have. And when you compare that to the the new categories are kind of a wild card. I don't know how much Zipper knows about Jurassic Park. I don't know how much Zipper knows about graphic novels. But I do have some quantifiable data of how he's performed in DC. In hindsight, that was obviously a bad decision. We realized looking back that there were elements that were not being considered when it came to why the numbers were that the way that they are. So it was it was a lesson learned. It was some uh, the, we learned a lot as a faction on how to approach the wheel round from that match alone. Not just me personally, but as a faction, we learned a lot. And I think thankfully it didn't come back to bite me in the butt. But we did we did honestly. We had a good reason. We had reason to believe that he would not perform as well in that category as he would in others. And it was to me, it was a, it was a big risk to give him a new category because I just don't know what his skill set is in that. With that's something about these new categories where it's just such an unknown. It's it's a risk. Any any slice you give him is a risk in round two when your opponent spins opponent's choice. But at least this was a risk where. It was a calculated risk where we had data to back it up. So ultimately was not the right call. And that's a lesson learned about also, you know, when to go with a more conventional thinking in round two and when to like kind of just go with like common sense gut feelings versus going with the the analytics. And that's what like Major League Baseball teams do all the time now. You can't just rely too heavily on the old school way of baseball thinking compared to the new school money ball approach where everyone's analyzing wins above replacement and OPS plus and all this stuff. It's like that can only get you so far. There has to be a blend of that, like, you know, tribal schmodown knowledge that you've had from the beginning, from watching from day one when they were in after buzz to also looking at these numbers. So it was a mistake, but we, we thought it was a smart idea at the time. And going off of your comment, that's why I beat Jade over Jay over there uh, <laughs> because I picked them a lot. I he picked Alex to win, so uh, I, I and I am a numbers guy too. Uh, so, uh, so my question is: is um, we've seen you with, work with other well, work with other managers in the, the last year, but uh, you seem like from your last match that you're more willing to work with Roxy. So, what sets Roxy apart from? those other people you work with? Sure. Well, um, for starters, I don't think Robert Meyer Burnett needs any explanation as to why <laughs> I was unable to work with him. Um, that, that guy is just so loud. But anyways, <laughs> you know, Ken Knapsack, what a hack, honestly. <laughs> oh my God. This, he was not the right guy. I can't believe he I, he got more votes than me to be the new manager of the Burning Droogs. I can't believe it. I would have taken that to the top the whole faction to the top Warfather, He'd have a belt over his shoulder right now with his horns and his schmo hammer and all that stuff. We'd be sitting pretty right now, but, <laughs> but I, I digress. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me on track, Jay. Um, but Roxy, Roxy, she, um, 
she gets me. She understands my value. And I'm going to continue to talk over this because I'm the better man. Uh, I, she understands my value. She drafted me first round for a reason. And she knows what it takes to win. And she listens to me. There is collaboration, not just amongst her and myself, but with the entire faction. We talk to one another. And do I normally get my way? Yes, from time to time I do. But... You know, we all have something to offer, but most importantly, they appreciate, Roxy appreciates what I have to offer. And I think that creates a mutual respect, which goes a long way when it comes to having a match against Eric Zipper when you're down by six points in the third round and you need the grit and the perseverance to somehow tie that damn match and win in sudden death. I don't know if I would have been able to do that a year ago or the year before, um, but there's something going on this year uh, that's just a little bit of magic in my corner. So uh, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to answer this one, but as an electrical engineer, I got to ask, you got you, you got Mara, you got Chandru. What is it with engineers and IG? (laughs) I don't know. There's just something about it. I think we just, we love trivia. Uh, We're all geeks in addition to being nerds. And I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. There's definitely there's definitely a correlation uh, for sure. Okay. Um, so, uh, so uh, going back to your most recent match, uh, did something uh, click in your head uh, to give you a new focus, or you know, because you definitely did a whole lot better in sudden death than you did in round one. So was it a focus thing or just the questions were better for you? You know, take us through, uh, I guess that. Yeah, sure. So I was definitely, I was, I was struggling a bit. It was not my best day is obviously up until the end, it was the worst game that I had ever played by far. And it was no indication of what my skill set is, what my knowledge base is in the Schmodown. But everyone has a bad day. Luckily, I was able to push through, like you said. Um, it was just, it was kind of a matter of, I think, you know, people give Roxy a lot of credit and where there's credits due, where they all kind of like have been saying like, oh my God, like you should be a motivational speaker. Like she does do a great job in between rounds of keeping my head on straight, keeping me in the game, but also just as important is, I don't know if you noticed, but for the first time ever in these digital matches, I was talking a lot more. I was talking out loud to her, but also to myself. I feel like she served as a springboard for me to kind of just vocalize where I'm at and where I want to be and say that out loud and have her be able to listen and reflect it back onto me. And I think that was able to help me keep a better headspace. And it was just a matter of, I I mean, I freaking missed my two pointer. And at that point, I thought the match was over. I didn't realize mathematically I was still alive. I was like, why isn't I was like, why isn't he saying like Andrew Winter, Eric Zipper? Like what's going on? I'm like, oh, like I'm still in this. Uh, and then for my three pointer, luckily, um, you know, MCU directors basically was the category something. Um, I know every MCU director composer release here, like the back of my hand, that's something I've studied intensively. So that was fortunate. And then for my five pointer, I got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which for a lot of people quite scary. And I know there's some things that people are saying about the difficulty of the question, but the truth is, I've been studying those movies um, a lot. I've been spending a lot of time with Sabrina studying those movies. I would not have 
been watching as many of those movies as I were, if she wasn't kind of like pushing me like on the couch, like after a long days of work, like, come on, like put on an inner geekdom movie. Like you gotta like, you know, push forward. I'm like, ah, you're right. Let's, let's do, let's do Ninja Turtles. That's like a, a small category. I can knock out all those movies. And I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows, like two days before the match. So (laughs) they could have asked me anything about that movie and I would have gotten it. So that's why I answered it as quickly as I did. I'm not one of these competitors where I'm going to like draw it out and like burn all of my JTEs like up until the very end just to build suspense. Like, no, if I know it, I'm going to say it. And so I just spit it out. And at that point, it was a whole new game. I would say I was still not 100%, like three or four questions into Sudden Death. Um, To give you a little more insight, that first Planet of the Apes question uh, I studied Planet of the Apes for hours just for that one question. And I kind of had to do a little bit of math on my whiteboard to decipher what year Conquest of the Planet of the Apes came out. And then luckily I made good use of my one JTE on that Punisher question because it was not coming to me in that initial 15 seconds. Oh, wow. but, that, but then once I got past that point, honestly, like I started having fun because it was just like, like me and Zipper, I think we just both kind of like had this like feeling. We're like, all right, this is never going to end. Let's just keep answering questions. Like this is fun at this point. All the stress kind of melted away. And then fortunately uh, got a Middle Earth question. And that was what was able to seal the deal. Yeah, that that was a really, really great match uh, for real. I, I do I do pick on you a lot. But um, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, I have wanted you on shows for a, a little over a year now. Um, I do absolutely love your character work. Uh, you are a very good competitor. Um, uh, so uh, on that note, though, my mom actually just texted me a minute ago. She wanted to know, when you play in your underwear, is it boxers or briefs? <laughs> it's actually boxer briefs. I like a little bit half and half, you know, like somewhere in the middle. Okay. Well, well then I have a follow-up to that um, because that, that really was not my question. My mom actually did text that in. Um, uh, have you ever played in boxers? And if so, <laughs> does the looseness, not going to get graphic, but does the looseness help or, or hinder at all? I would assume that, that, the, that you, that the, the briefs would actually be better if that's what you prefer to wear during matches. I would say it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. Just underwear is underwear. You know what I mean? Well, it makes a difference when you're, when you're working and, and walking a lot and running and, it makes a difference sometimes, but yeah, thanks mom for submitting that question. Um, uh, for real though, we, we did have a, there is a feud, well, maybe not a feud, but there's a little rivalry with you and Saul. Um, and we had Saul on last week and, uh, I asked him if he had any words for you. Uh, I'm just going to play a short, uh, about a 20 second clip or so from that. And, uh, like to get your, your response on the other end. I'm going to start helping Grandin study. Maybe that's how we do this. Maybe I fly out there. And I get into his uh, his little studio apartment that he has there, and I just sit on his couch and I just start firing questions at him. He probably won't let me in the premises though, so maybe I just start writing like Star Trek questions and taping them the rocks and just throwing them through his. <laughs> I need this schmuck to win. Uh, obviously, that was before you won, uh, and you did win. So, uh, but uh, have anything to say to that, or anything else for that matter? Yeah, I mean Saul. He's a guy that loves to talk, especially someone who's already lost to me. And people always are like, whoa, he was a different player back then. He's studied a lot since then. There's new categories now. Look at the way he knocked out John Humphrey. Like, please, like, give me a break. Like, 
anyone could have knocked out John. You could have knocked out John Humphrey. I mean, that guy just, he just doesn't have it. You know, some people have it. Some people don't. I'll give credit Saul. He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it, but it's not enough to beat me. I've already proved that it's not enough to beat me. And if he works his way back up to a position where he can meet me in the rankings, I'll prove it again. So he can continue to talk all he wants. I'll continue to win. I got to worry about Robert Parker. Not that I'm worried at all. Robert Parker. I know he, he has nightmares about me. I hear I'm friends with people in the dungeon. I know Kaiser. We get coffee from time to time. You see, he isn't, he gets nightmares. He gets nightmares. Can you believe that? Like poor guy, but I got to do what I got to do. If I got to crush his dreams, I got to crush his dreams, but I'm here to win. Well, uh, uh, you did that uh, again. You did that against Zipper. That was a really, really good match. Um, and you, and as you just mentioned, you got another one coming up here soon against Parker. Going to be looking forward to watching that one as well. Um, uh, if you could do one thing, uh, not right now, of course, but I mean, we're about to let you go here and move on to our next segment. But um, if you could pass something on to Sabrina for me, let her know that my dream team, my Schmodown dream team, is she and Roca. Uh, in all black and kicking ass and taking names that I have been, I have been wanting that team since, uh, since she cut her first promo after she signed in free agency last season, dude, Roka and Sabrina. I want that team. I don't care who the manager is. I'll, I'll pass that along. I think there's no way in hell she makes her way back to the Finstock exchange, but if Roka wants to head over to the Mercs, it might be something there. That could be very interesting. Very interesting. Um, thank you very much, Brandon, for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, you are welcome back absolutely anytime. And uh, and good luck on your upcoming match uh, against um, against uh, uh, Parker. And uh, I, I do also want to say, um, as far as your character work, I, I like that you're giving Roxy a good shot this season. I really like it. Uh, it it's a nice little change. I don't think it's going to last. Uh, but, uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, but, but yeah, good luck to you, Rob or Robert. Th- good luck to you, Brandon. Oh, ew. don't get uh, our names mixed up. Cause one of us is going to be in a body bag in a few weeks. Okay. I'm going to be sitting oh, pretty oh, up top oh, oh. on my way to a title shot. All right. Okay. And, and you know what? I do appreciate being on your show today. I was planning on giving you guys a really hard time. You do your little baby heel bit. It's a lot of fun, but you know what? I was, I, I thought I'd be a little genuine today. You guys asked me some good questions. I thought I'd give you some good answers. Jay, you do a pretty good job hosting the show. Honestly, I think you have a really great voice for radio. I don't know what you're doing here talking about the schmodown on a show that nobody really watches, but hey, like you are great. You're and 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 everyone else here. We got Anthony Double D ASG. I really know you guys. You guys ask great great questions. So it was it was honestly a lot of fun to be here today. Thank but, you very much. That does mean sir. Thank you. Um, uh, Brandon Hanna, everyone, uh, Brandon, the Hitman Hanna. Thank you very much, sir. And good luck to you. Um, okay, guys, now we're going to move on to hard questions, uh, which actually, uh, our guest, uh, our guest producer here, ASG has presented this one. Uh, let's go ahead and drop out, uh, Chris and double D here. Oh, no, no. oh. sorry. Oh, no. oh, hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Dan really wanted to stay, man. Yeah. Really wanted to. Uh, what do we got? Uh, what do you got for us for hard questions this week? Okay. Well, it was part of what Hannah was asking about. And the question is, is it good or bad that they're making five pointers more accessible or guessable or uh, what have you? You know, 
this year has been very different with the five pointers and Christian has even said on other shows, I believe backstage that he's trying to make the five pointer more of questions that people can play along with and also more accessible for the competitors. I'm not sure how I feel about this because, you know, it will make it so that people answer five pointers more frequently. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. What do you think? Uh, I definitely see both sides of it. Um, uh, uh, you know, on the, the good side of it would be the, it enhances the competition because the person who may not know the answer without those little hints can now get the answer and it can, it can, you know, make it more dramatic and more comp, comp- uh, it enhances the competition a little bit, but then on the flip side of it, I, I don't want to say that it does this. So I would just ask the question, um, present the question does it take away from the competition does it dilute the competition uh a little bit by doing that because i mean are you kind of lowering the bar isn't that kind of what you're doing um there there are definitely two sides of it but both sides just i don't know i'm not i think it does a little as a viewer like the thing i like about the five pointer is one, they're often more plot-specific, so you can't guess unless if you've seen the movie a lot of times. And two, I like the aspect of the competitor knowing something that I don't know. So I'm like actually in awe of the fact that they're able to get this question that I'm like, what? <laughs> How is that even possible that they could come up with that answer? And, you know, it removes some of that, like, oh, these people really are really great at the game factor for me. Hmm. Um, I just thought of an, of a little analogy here. I like to use baseball as for analogies. Um, I don't know how close this is, but it might be kind of in the same ballpark, all pun intended. Um, yeah. Okay, so say you've got, okay, your pitchers. Each team has a pitcher. Um, one, and you've got two closing pitchers, one closing pitcher, he can throw a curveball. The other one can't throw a curveball. So we make a rule in baseball that says, uh, in the eighth and after the, you know, starting with the eighth and ninth innings, no one can throw curveballs, uh, just to kind of make it a little more even in a way you see what I'm saying. Like, it's not the best analogy, but am I somewhere kind of close where like, you're basically saying, or, or, or actually to throw it back to Schmodown, um, you know, uh, the other person, uh, he gets, he gets, he gets a good guess because he hasn't seen the movie, and, but the other person has seen the movie. Well, doesn't that really fall on the fault of the competitor who's not seen the movie? In other words, isn't that his fault for not learning how to throw a curveball? Why is the person who put in the work and watched the movie or learned to throw a curveball? Why are they? being hindered in a way maybe hindered isn't the right word but why are they being told that their their knowledge and their hard work is going to be lessened a little bit so that the other person has a better uh not advantage but a more even playing field there that's that's what rubs me a little bit wrong about it but i mean like i said i've not taken a, a solid stance on it either yeah that's been a uh big factor for players like chance ellison where in previous seasons, it's been, oh, you know, his competitor hit the five-pointer, he didn't, and therefore he loses the match. And, you know, it's also a harder thing to study for, because how do you study for a five-pointer? So this time, playing against the kid, uh, 
you know, he, he hit it and Shannon even made a big deal of, you know, who says chance can't hit five pointers and, you know, maybe, and now there's still, even now that lingering question of, could he have hit it before if it was on that level of difficulty? Yes, they were on par of difficulty between the kid and chance, but could uh, the kid have hit his, if it was harder and chance not hit, you know, you'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. This is a hard one. It, it really is a hard one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, for me, though, right now, if I write down the pros and cons, the cons are outweighing the pros at the moment. But that, that again, goes back to I'm more of a sports guy and not the entertainment type guy. So for me, like if, if I'm looking at it from just a competition standpoint, I would not be in favor of that. Um, but it, you know, if you want to look more toward, because like tr- Christian has said, this is not a traditional sport and I'm starting to loosen up on my thinking there. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, man, it, it, it is what it is. First of all, you know, yeah. us sitting around talking about it ain't going to change nothing anyway. But uh, I do think for the number one contender in the title matches, maybe you up the difficulty there, you know, even if for a regular right. match, you know, I, or even for the pay-per-view, um, I forget exactly what Oyama's and Bibiani's five-pointer were, but they definitely were, I, I'd say, at least for me, more challenging. Uh, so, yeah, as long as for number one contender and title matches, I, I you know, for a regular match, I'm not as, uh, I guess, hard line against it as if it was like a title match where, where you know, that could be a big deciding factor for getting a belt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know what you guys think either in the comments here on YouTube, uh, or in the comments later on after you've watched the replay, uh, or wherever you see, uh, anything concerning this, I'll be putting the clips up here later on the Schmodown fan page and a couple others. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now let's, uh, let's move on to, uh, to our final segment where we're just going to talk about the pay-per-view matches. Let's bring the other fellows back up on screen here. A- ASG. Um, uh. It hurt. Uh, uh, okay. Real quick, though, uh, we have three messages that have come in from the first round of of, uh, of discussion to now. Let's go ahead and whip through those real quick, and then we will uh, we'll talk about the Janine ma- match real quick before we get into the pay per view. Where's my boy Brandon Hanna? Is he coming? I cannot wait for him to show up and talk some good smack about his good match. Yes, uh, and, and, and these came in before Brandon Hanna came on also. So, uh, yes, uh, I hope you uh, I hope you stuck around and were able to hear that. That was a lot of fun. Once again, I want to say thank you to Brandon Hanna. I do give him I do give him shit and I pick on him, uh, but uh, it's it's all in complete fun. Um, I love his character work and I love it so much because I hate his character. He's that good at it. Uh, and he is a, he's a really good player too. So, uh, we got another one from Dagan here. Jay, man, that was one of the greatest rants I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you. Fuck the NCAA tournament. Let's bring on the fucking baseball season already. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. My man right there, guys. I mean, I do uh, agree with that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got one more here. So I have a question for Brandon. 
when the April matches were announced, I saw a response saying he cannot wait to see Alex the Siren Damon compete. But I thought Sabrina Ramirez was the Siren. Are you trying to confuse me here, Brandon? What's going on? You played a great, great match on Wednesday, and I do not know how you do it. I do not know how you're not frazzled or tired, but I'm in awe of your talent. Way to go. Uh, thank you, BCD, for the comment. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, we're not going to take stereo comments during guest segments. Trying to Frenchie and I are talking about uh, trying to work out a way to get get some questions in for our guests, but uh, via stereo, at least right now, we're not going to be uh, taking comments during guest segments. Um, but yeah, uh, okay, those are all caught up on stereo. Again, uh, from now to the end of the show. Feel free to leave us uh, your share of comments. Uh, before we get into the pay-per-view match, though, let's jump back and cut Janine the Machine uh, playing Jader Paramo. Okay, guys, I will admit, I the, after the first round, I was very, very afraid for Janine. I honestly didn't think she was going to win. And then the end happened, and I was just mind-blown. Like, what just happened? Um, we'll start with Double D. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that match, man? She, I, I'm a big fan of Janine's. Um, she's 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 a she's a solid player. She's not like upper tier like Roka or anything. Of course, I mean, yeah. very few are. Uh, she's a solid player with a stellar character work. Um, but what do you think about that match? Yeah, well, first round. As long, I mean, yeah, it was kind of low, but as long as you don't get too far behind, especially in singles. Uh, again, depending on who you're playing against, and again, it's against Jader. So as long as she was just two points behind, she could make up that difference uh, in other rounds. Again, if you, she got the right category, so you don't count things out after round one. As long as you're just a few points behind. But unfortunately, she did uh, catch up. Uh, she was able to steal one point away from uh, Jader, and was able to score six points. Uh, in her second round, so she started improving, catching a little more steam, and in uh, second round two, and the final round, uh, Jader just missed his five, and, but they all I got everyone else, so I, I'm very happy for those two points going to my fantasy league. Okay, yeah, Chris, please, I'm I'm sick of the fantasy league thing because he beat me the last two weeks. It's not happening this coming week, dude. Roka's gonna yes, bring. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Whatever. Uh, Chris, what'd you think? I, I can't handle it anymore. This match was surprisingly competitive. Like, like I thought like Jader had the momentum on his side coming from last season. Like Jader played a lot last season and Janine had something to prove. Like I like this was a must win situation for Janine. I I picked Jader because I thought like Jader was the better competitor, but like double D, I got Janine on my fantasy team, <laughs> and uh, I was I was rooting for her uh, in the back in the back of my brain, and I'm glad she won. I really am because Janine's been lacking that W. Like she she needed something to get her through this, um, like into the into the season on a new faction. Whole breath of fresh air for Janine, and going three for three in your round three questions. Like I don't care who does it or when it happens, I'm impressed nonetheless. Because, like, we see a lot of people, especially now, y'all were just talking about five-point questions. Before, 
like them questions used to be hard as hell. I don't care who you are, when the match is, pay per view or not. Those quite that five used to be difficult as hell. But now seeing what these these two competitors are doing, like they're both like middle of the pack, waiting to get over that hump. Jader taking an L is not gonna not gonna hurt him at all. Um, but Janine, this win meant more to her than a win for Jader would have done. And I'm so glad she won. I'm, and what Janine's doing now, like she she started slow, but she was almost like shaking off the cobwebs, like shaking off that rust. And she was performing better and better as the match progressed. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Janine does this season, uh, not only for my own uh, my own fantasy purposes, but for her because this is her. She said on SCN yesterday, "This is her senior year." And I remember when she first showed up, she was a hot commodity. Like she was doing the stuff with Jay. She was doing some great heel work. But ever since she kind of just like been floating around waiting for something big to happen. And hopefully off this win, she can do something going forward this season. Yep. Uh, uh, we got a comment here from Dagan and then we'll go, go back to you ASG. Man, I was so torn going into this match. Cause I, I really like both of these competitors a lot. And especially after hearing Jader's story on, on how he got into the Schmodown on backstage. Um, but, you know, Janine the Machine has always had a soft spot in my heart, and she just absolutely proved the haters wrong here. I think, again, similar to Brandon Hanna, pairing her up with Roxy was one of the best decisions that they could possibly have made. Absolutely. And I, I only want to see Janine do great things in this league. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what she's going to do for the rest of the season. Yeah. Well said. Second. I second that. Third. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love them both. Uh, on the Jader side, uh, I'm still slightly concerned that he seems to, we'll see how he acts in his next match. Cause he seems to have really uh, taken to heart this whole uh, round two slump. And yes, he got over it, but I'm not sure if mentally he's over it yet because he did seem very anxious about it. So uh, I'll be curious to see in his me- next match if he keeps it up. And then on the Janine side, I said it before the match of that I'd want the winner of this match to play. And I still feel that way that if video drew does to do very what I think uh, she will, that I'd like her and uh, Janine to play next. Ooh, that could be good. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, we got about uh, seven minutes left here in the show, guys. Uh, is there, are there, let's move on to the pay-per-view. Are there any uh, real quick final things that y'all want to say about the pay-per-view match that's not already been said? Uh, and then after that, we'll uh, maybe go over, we'll just list a couple of matches uh from the April schedule that we're looking forward to all of us. Well, I don't think we've really talked about Oyama versus Bibiani. So, you know, I just want to say Oyama has been doing great. People have been acting like he had like almost like an off season last year, which I don't think was the case. I mean, yes, he lost to start the season against who earth Ethan. I, I don't even remember. Roka. Oh, Roka. Um, but he was going through the tournament and, he went perfect uh, against Snyder until for his five pointer, he needed to name two gangs of New York and he only knew one of them. So, you know, that, that really shows he was doing great last year. And uh, I'm also glad he was able to redeem himself a little with the black cinema slice. 
because uh, finally it seems like somebody on Winston's team was able to get some black cinema questions correct, which mm-hmm. was uh yeah good to see. So I, I see uh good things for him, and I can definitely see him. Uh, I don't I don't know what his next match will be. Whether he'll get that match against uh Ethan that he oh that's what it is. He wants a match against Ethan, or um. But I can see him going for another title type uh run this year. Yeah, he seems to be better in teams. Like last year, he was pretty winning pretty much, but then he got uh, final exam, just got lost to Shazam, and it just fell through the cracks. And Shazam was just such a great team. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Paul Young is a great competitor, and he's good both in singles and teams. It's just that he hasn't really caught that spark that he did in the, his first season. Yeah. Now, that pay per view match yesterday between. Uh, Oyama and Bibiani. It's exactly what I wanted it to be. I thought it'd be, uh, I thought Bibs was going to take it personally, but uh, Oyama, I think he wants that belt to get to show us that reign that we all thought he was going to give us when he first won the belt. Like when Oyama first showed up, he was a ball of fire. And then I know some personal things got in the way and he lost the belt, but I think he's trying to recapture that magic. And I think Oyama's better now than he's ever been. And I, I think he will be he will be in the title picture sooner rather than later. Will he beat Dan or Collins, whoever wins that that belt? We'll see. But I think both Bibiani and and Oyama are going to do some good things this year. And I mean, we'll see them again in a couple of weeks. But the yeah. team is facing off against each other. Yeah, it's pretty funny that they just played each other, and now they're about to again kind of almost just play each other. Right. Um, and all I have to say about the Oyama and. Uh the Bibbs match is that uh, much like Chandru's hair, the power for Oyama is in the mustache. You shave the mustache. The power is gone. Chandru, you cut that hat. You cut that hair, dude. The power is gone. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. The, mo- the mojo's in the hair. Oh yeah. That's my honest to God theory with Chandru at least is that, because if you look at it, he started with short hair and he's done nothing but get better and better. Uh, of course, he did lose the title here recently, but still, I think the power is in the hair. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that uh, that pay per view match, uh, dude. Uh, we've we've already talked about the t- the Star Wars title a little bit, yeah. and uh, if you've not seen us talk about, it, you've seen others talk about it. Um, I just want to say real quick before we get out of here, um, one of the matches I'm looking forward to, and right now I'm looking at Let's Get Ready Network uh, they have a, they have the match schedule uh, for April up that was released, um, or uh, that, that Grace had said for everyone, uh, put out there for everyone, as well as announcing a Star Wars tournament and a team's tournament. Um, but one of the matches I am definitely looking forward to is Adam Collins versus Dan Merle. I mean, and obviously I'm not the only person, and that's an obvious pick. But I gotta say right now, I think Dan is he's gonna take that title right back. It's possible. I mean it's it's he has the history and Alan Collins uh I mean if you look at the margins at the confidence level intervals, Adams is like really hard and Dan's is like really here, but it's just means that there's not enough evidence to suggest that Adam would be as confident. But I mean, it's it's going to be a tough match. I think it's going to be another just another long, oh, oh, sudden death overtime uh, match. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the one match that I'm kind of looking forward, other than that, is probably uh, the winner of Alex Damon and the Barbarian 
versus Mike Kalinowski. I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Dude, Kalinowski's going to smash whoever he plays in that match. It doesn't matter Ooh. if it's Damon or Barbarian. Kalinowski's going to just crush him. And and for me, you know, we've had a lot of rookies this year and it's nice to see, um, you know, the exchange is going to have a whole bunch of rookies play uh, this upcoming month. I saw Peggy's in the chat. I'm looking forward to see uh, her play. And um, what might be also the interesting in terms of technically a rookie in singles is this will be Mark Edward Hork's first singles match ever. Uh, playing against wow. Griffin Newman, and you know he he's uh he's one of those sneaky good that really hasn't given it been given a chance to show his talents. So I'm kind of interested to see that one as well. Uh, right, and j- one of you, Ian. Yeah, uh, just to mention a couple that haven't been mentioned already. Um, I I'm looking forward to seeing a Godfather come back, dude. Like watching Drew McWeeny come back and fl- and play Lon Harris of all people because Lon's no slouch. Lon is no slouch in the Shmodown. I'm excited to see that matchup. Um, one of the more intriguing ones of the of the announcements we got yesterday, uh, JTE and Ben Goddard. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. The words that will be traded between the two of them will be awfully interesting. And um, I guarantee one, you Goddard will spell more answers correctly than JTE. Uh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> say it correctly. And, Right. <laughs> exactly. That too. And the last one, uh, real quick. Um, I don't know why they're gonna feed Adam Witt to Thomas Harper, but April 14th is gonna be um oh. it's gonna be a notable day. Notable day right there. And, and I, I love Adam I Witt. Bad. I think Adam Witt is a great soul in the Schmodown. Yeah. And um I just against Thomas Harper, good luck. <laughs> oh man yeah that will be uh and not just those matches we uh mentioned uh again you guys can go over to uh to uh, uh let's get ready network.com and check out they've got the schedule up there that uh grace had put out yesterday um and uh yeah guys <laughs> that was a great show that'll do it um let's go around the horn here double d where can the folks find you at well, you can find me at uh, on Twitter and Stereo, simply at Dan Walensky, simple as that. Uh, you can also find me here on uh, every Saturday, running the numbers for, for the week, uh, and also beating Jay Way every single week in the fantasy uh, league. <laughs> that ain't going to last much longer. Uh, our guest host from Spin the Reel, uh, Chris, where can people find you at? What do you guys got going over there? Uh, yeah, uh, spin from the real. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff going on at the uh, Watts W A T Real Entertainment Real with two E's YouTube channel. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, I do two shows, uh, soon to be three over there. Um, I do spin from the real every Monday. Um, that is at 8 p.m. Eastern on Mondays, and I do wrestle real. I talk about pro wrestling. Uh, y'all have been seeing me drink out of this cup the whole time. I'm a big pro wrestling guy. So every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. Um, I have my own podcast. That's my Everything Bagel. I talk about whatever I want on there. Uh, for Chris's sake, C-H-R-I-S apostrophe, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, follow me on Twitter. I also have my handle there at the bottom of the screen. It's at C Anthony Lopez. Um, yeah, you hear me talking about Schmodown, movies, sports, uh, anything. So follow me on there on Twitter. And thank you guys so much for having me on. This was so much fun. And hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for uh, for joining us. And uh, thank you again to ASG for filling in for Frenchie here. Uh, we'll, you'll be filling in again next week, correct? Correct. 
Excellent. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, where can the folks find you at? And uh, what do you got going on over at uh, Let's Get Ready, man? Because I know there's something big starting. Yeah. So uh, you already mentioned the website, letsgetreadynetwork.com, where I occasionally have a column, uh, ASG's Hot Takes. I might write one about that playoff format coming soon. Uh, as far as shows coming up, we have an FCL after show coming up called the Gold Standard. It will be starting on Tuesday. Our normal time slot will be on at 9 p.m. Uh, sorry, at 10 p.m. Eastern, but we will be on at 9 p.m. Eastern starting uh, on this Tuesday specifically because we're going to have a show talking about the beginning of FCL and we'll have PLD on to interview to uh, get all the specifics about that because he'll be uh, exec producing the FCL. Oh, wow. Hell I didn't yeah. know that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, you guys can find me at the at, at, on the Twitter at jwade1134. That's the letter J W A D E one one three four. Same handle on stereo. Uh, also follow the Jcast Network at the Jcast Network on Twitter. Also on stereo. Uh, speaking of Schmodown Facebook page. Uh, and uh, as for the Jcast Network, uh, I'm going to make some announcements here uh, coming up soon. Uh, got some more content that is not Schmodown related that will be coming to the channel. Uh, so make some little announcements about that coming up. But thank you guys so very much for, uh, for, for being here on the show. You guys, I mean, in this one here, Double D, Chris, ASG, thank you for being on the show. Thank all of you listening on Stereo and the YouTube. Thank you for the support. Please sub, like, all that good stuff. Uh, get us out there a little bit more. We love doing this show, and we do not plan on uh, on sleeping all season. Uh, I, I want this show to blow up, too. It's it's a good show, and it, and it deserves it. So uh, thank you all very much uh, for the support. And until next week, when we have Ace Cabrera on the show, uh, until next week, everyone have a great, safe week. something funny the mic wasn't on that whole time no way yeah for real oh wow (laughs) (laughs) so smooth